good evening and or good afternoon rather and welcome back to our let's talk um, segment where we discuss racial harmony and ethnic conciliation uh, we've been off for a while uh, trying to do some research and preparation but we're excited to be back um, today is September 10th um, I hope that this segment will find you doing well and that you and your family are staying safe during this COVID uh, season that we find ourselves in and so it's it's a joy to be back. I am excited as I am excited to see the sun this afternoon um, in the sky and so um, today we want to jump in uh, with a new newer topic um, still around uh, the idea of racial harmony uh, or in pursuing racial harmony and ethnic conciliation. But I've been thinking lately and been hearing a lot of friends talk around this idea that this, this moment that we find ourselves in, this push for social change in the country, uh, you know, in many of our cities, this, this is a defining moment and we don't want to miss this moment. And so if I can tag this, if I could, yeah, if I could tag this segment, if I could put a name on it, I would say... I would, I would simply call it this. This is our modern day civil rights movement. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Jamar Tisby, actually penned those words uh, most recently. Uh, and, I, and I think he did it very well. Um, but, I, but, but as I begin to think about those words and what he was saying, I, I had to find myself in very much agreement when I look at the trajectory and, and the present day climate that we find ourselves in. That and one of the points he went on to explain was simply this: that what we do right now, what we're doing today, the tweets, the, the Facebook posts, the marches, the the voting, the uh, all of what we're doing, the conversations that are happening, our, our Zoom calls, our, our conferences around this, all of this that we're doing right now. If we're honest with ourselves, we'd have done during the 50s and 60s, during King's era, during the civil rights movement. And so, I, and I say that because I want you to think about that. Think about what is it you're doing right now in this moment? Are you one that's trying to push away from this? I heard one man, or I was talking to one uh, young man recently, and he tried to describe us living in what he would call a post-racial uh, America, post-racist America. America. And I, I beg to to differ with him, but I asked him to push a little further and explain what he meant. And, and it, as I began to hear him go on into his narrative about why he felt that way, it just reminded me that he could not have been paying attention to what's going on around him. And I think we should get so caught up into trying to get back to a sense of normalcy in our lives and trying to do life as we once know it, pre-COVID. Um, and, and we can forget about the realities because no longer is main, mainstream media covering uh, these talks around social justice and, 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 and that push for it. And, and if they do, it's in a very small segment, right? There's bigger things that's captured, this, right? There's bigger narrative, there's bigger stories at this time. And, and some of us, I find, are tired of the the race talk, right? And and then say we need to move on from it and, and that we have some exemplars that will make us a, a post 
racial America, uh, racist America. And so I, 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 in my own life, I, I, I do push back against that theory because I just think the, the proof is in the pudding when you look at the historical ne- narrative and present day narrative of many uh, of our chocolate brothers and sisters and other minority groups who have been marginalized, disenfranchised, uh, degraded, demeaned, and, and, and on we can go. Uh, all the way up until this very moment that we're talking in, right? There's 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 the catalog of names that we have, but then there's the many that we weren't able to record on our iPhones, and we were in there. There's names that some families didn't just didn't want to release because they didn't want the press coverage in, in their family's business at this time. And so let's not forget that. And I always say that America's not as far off far off as we think we are. And, and so to lean back into this idea of this moment is, is kind of our, what I would, what, what would describe as the modern day civil rights movement. I, I think that's right and just to say that. I, I do think strongly that what me, you are doing in this moment matters. Uh, if we're find ourselves sitting idly and not engaging, whether in conversation, whether in getting together with people who look different from you, who vote different from you, who thinks differently from you. I think we're not helping the problem, but I think we maybe have become a part of the problem. Um, We all have a part in this. Um, And even our silence, I would find, is an answer. I'll say that again. Even our silence is an answer. And so, yes, what you, what we're doing today, we would have done in the fifties and sixties. And to be honest, when I think about that, that that scares my heart a little bit because I have to even ask myself, "Am I doing this?" And so it's not enough that we just sit in front of our computers and tweet and Facebook posts and all that's needed. Don't get me wrong, because there's a strong educational element behind a lot of it. And I'm grateful for all the articles I read in the and the Zoom uh, calls that I'm part of and, and conversations that I'm a part of around this issue. But if we stop there, oh man, I wonder if our great ancestors would turn in their graves if we would stop there. Uh, this is more than a sermon. This is more than a speech. This is more than a march on Washington. Brothers and sisters, these are defining moments and what we do what we do has huge implications for tomorrow. But, but 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 let me lean in if I meant let me lean in from when I say what we do right now matters, I do not mean it's predicated on who we put in the White House or in the state house or in or in a courthouse. While all those things do matter, let me say it does not stop and start with them. Say that one more time. It does not stop and start with who we put in the White House, the courthouse, or local state house. Those elements are necessary, and I would I would urge you to to lean into your your conscience and your heart and make your decisions accordingly. I don't care if you find yourself to be left, right, Republican, or Democrat. That's not the aim I, I tend to take here today. But I will say that's not even enough in itself. It's not predicated on one man to change this. If, if that's the reality, if that if that's all it took, 
Oh my God, what? we would have done it a long time And so while there's a strong push for voting and, and, and necessarily, and rightly so, I, 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 I beg to, to differ that it's, 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 it's bigger than that. It's much more than that. It has to be. When I think about and I read about the civil rights movement and just the strategic planning that was put into it, and then I look at where we are today, my heart's heavy. My heart is super heavy during this moment because I'm afraid that we're not even scratching the surface of these things. The fact that, and I've talked about this in, 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 in other segments, the fact that we will have the sports world speak out more than the church. Oh my, God help us. That, that we're still in this year 2020 in these yet to be United States. Hargan over the Black Lives Matter and and some of us for, for, for various reasons won't get behind them because we don't believe they're right and that they have a personal agenda at hand and that they're this and they're that and we can't get behind them. And then we got a president who Huh, let me let me let me leave that alone. Let me leave that alone in this conversation. Um, I'll get back to that another time. But but what I'm saying here is this: we we have to evaluate our hearts in this season, in this moment in our lives, because what we do hasn't paid for time. And so one thing I've always done, and, and I'll continue to do, and, I, and people ask me all the time. Sean, why do you guys engage this conversation the way you do? And I say, I, I do it for this, this very reason only. That maybe one day my future kids won't be sitting here having this conversation the way we are today. See, we're having this conversation around race in this year 2020 simply because we have got it wrong that wrong. So I'll let you do the math. If you want to start back at 16, 18, 16, 19, whatever you want to start back at. You do the math. For that long, we have gotten this issue wrong. And so that, that, when I think about the implications of that, that scares me. That makes it hard to sleep at night that we will go that long as a, as a country, as a people, as a nation, to say we've gotten this issue wrong for that long. In between that time, I've, I've talked about this before, in between that time, we have found ways to get to the moon and back successfully. Yet, and, and a lot of our policing and in different parts of the country, in many parts of the country, excuse me, we have not found a way to successfully restrain black and brown brothers and sisters without killing. I want that to sit on you That we can find we can find ways to the moon and back successfully. With no problem, we can do it almost at a ease, the blink of an eye. Yet you mean to tell me that our police systems, we have not found a way to successfully restrain or gain order in a situation concerning black and brown people 
without many of our black and brown brothers and sisters coming up with their life cut short. See, this is our this is our modern day civil rights movement. I think these are most pivotal times in history right now. This is our brief moment in history. And what we do matters, and I'm afraid that some of us are sitting by so silent and ready for this conversation to be over. To get back to the seats I wonder, I wonder if God in heaven gave us this reason, gave us this season for a reason. Because life as we know it is full of mere choices. What we do in this 24-hour day, in a lot of sense, is up to our choices. It comes down to our mere choices and what we wish to do. I'm asking that we, we not miss this moment. This moment is heavy. And we cannot afford to let, us, let this moment escape us. King said it this way. He said, all labor that lifts up humanity has dignity and importance and should be undertaken with painstaking excellence. I'll say that one more time. All labor that lifts up humanity has dignity and importance and should be undertaken with painstaking excellence. What King I, 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 what King I contend here is saying is simply this, if I can paraphrase it in my own way, is simply this. That, that this moment is so heavy that we all roll up our sleeves and, and wring ourselves out tired at the end of the day to pursue racial harmony in this country. I, 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 I lean in and I always lean in on, on, on my evangelical brothers and sisters and say, and I ask the question, how do we, when we understand and, and preach this idea that we love God and love people yet, so we get our vertical access right all the time. But when it comes to the whole, whole uh, access of that, we, we tend to, to miss it. That we can love God and men, call ourselves reconciled to God, but miss the implication that we ought be reconciled to our fellow man. All my heart is heavy when I think about this. And we have evangelical church leaders on both sides, black and white sides, that will find ways to justify this as so, as, as simply and, and and yeah, as simply as a social issue and not a gospel issue. As if there's anything under the sun that the gospel does not speak to. Oh, I'm, I'm, I want to lean in and say this here. I want to make myself clear that the, uh, that racism is not a gospel is not the gospel in and itself, but the gospel does speak to. And I wish I, I wish I had the time to get into it, but I really don't. But if you follow if you follow me on on other streams and stuff, I'll we'll, we'll talk about that at another time. But this is not merely a social issue. Oh, the gospel speaks to this. The phrase, the cry, I can't breathe. I, I want to contend with my brother, past friend Charlie Bates, that this is first a theological issue. All in that, 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 that is stir some feathers, but I realized that. You say, Sean, why, why is that theological? 
because the God in heaven who declared and put breath in us, who breathed into our nostrils and gave us breath, is the only person that can take that breath away. And when we as human beings find reason to take that life and breath from each other, we are stepping into the position of the Godhead, of the creative world. I don't have time to go into that. I, 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 I feel the fire coming on from that one. I, I want to leave that up. But I want to say, this is our moment. And we cannot let it pass us. This is our civil rights movement. Era. People of all the time, I hear it all the time. Well, we need new leaders. Well, we don't have a Dr. King of today. I'm, my, my pushback always is why do we need why why do we need to wait for somebody else to do what we ought to be doing? Especially within the church, we we have the solution. That's what that's what what blows my mind here because the church holds the real solution here, and yet we're the most silent. That the sports world will come out and do more work than us, that will put on a, a greater front than we will, that will take a bigger stance in this issue than we will. How can the sports world unite around such an issue yet, and the church can't? We're so caught up in our own denominational and our traditional circles that we can't even come to common ground on this issue. That in this yet to be United States in this year 2020, we still have a thing called the white church and the black church. And because I'm Reformed Baptist and because you're Pentecostal and because you're Kojic and because I'm I'm Lutheran, we, we can't come together on this. And I wonder if repentance has to first start within the church. It is hypocritical to look at the world and say wrong, and then the church is getting wrong. And has been the catalyst in getting this wrong. This is our moment. This is our civil rights moment. And my question is, what are you doing? What are you doing, sister and brother? I'm talking to all sides here. I'm not, this is not a push toward my evangelical, uh, my white evangelical brothers and sisters. This is a push to all who stand for this, who believe in this. I'm asking, what are you doing? I tell people all the time, these talks around this issue is just a launch pad. It cannot stop here at this mere conversation. We have felt ourselves, we have felt each other if we stop here at this mere conversation. I'm saying, who are you writing for in your homes? Who are you intentionally, how are you diverse inside your, diversifying, excuse me, your workspace around this issue and bringing people into your life that look different than you, that vote different from you? How are you beginning to think differently around this issue? How are you beginning to address the prejudice that lies in your own heart? How are you taking ownership in this area? How are you actively, proactively seeking and bringing about change in this area in your life? How are you trying to make today? How, what are you doing today that's trying to make for a better tomorrow? Oh God, that our kids would not have to have this conversation 20, 30, 50 years from now. See, see, if, if we were living right, see, we, we, we have this pushback and all the time it was like, oh, Oh, we can't support Black Lives Matters, and we can't do this, and we can't do that. If we, if all lives really matters, Black Lives Matters would not exist. They could not exist. They can't exist. 
So you, so, so it's it's almost an oxymoron when you when, when you push back and say all life matters. And, and I say this all the time that in, in saying Black Lives Matters, we in, we innately believe that all lives matter. But we're saying, hey, we can't technically even believe that until you believe that the Black Lives Matters. And so you have a problem with this organization. I'm gonna push it a little further and say, hey, listen, when we say Black Lives Matter, we're talking about our very own life. I'm not talking about an organization. I'm talking about my life. I'm talking about my brother, my sister, my aunt, my uncle, my friends. That's who I'm talking about when we say Black Lives Matter. We're not talking about a real organization. Let's be honest. Is there any organization that we agree on everything that they do? For you Trump supporters, you can't support Trump. And you, you can support Trump and not agree with every man, everything the man does. And I'm sure you don't. Oh, but you believe in making America great again. Huh? This is our moment. There's a vital role in educating ourselves around this issue. And, and I've been encouraged by the amount of people stepping in and trying to educate themselves around this issue. But I want to be careful that we don't merely try to seek head knowledge because this is a hot topic. Right, that that if you look on even just I was looking at my Netflix and there's kind of this blacklist or I forgot what they call it, but where it's just like a lot of black shows coming up and just talks about this issue and kind of relates to this issue. And while all that some of that stuff is necessary and needed, that's 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 been the cry of black the black community for years now, for decades. The film documentary, uh, When They See Us. We've been pleading that they see us for years now. This is nothing new. And, and see, what I'm surprised, what, what, what's, what's, what I find baffling around this idea that we're educating ourselves around this issue is simply this. That a lot of this news, a lot of this information is new to majority culture. But here's the thing I thought about. I, as a black man, black culture, we cannot, I cannot obtain a GED without knowing about white culture and majority culture. Yet, I'm finding, and I've met people, I know people, who have, who can attain a PhD and not know nothing of black culture. Think about that. As a black man, we it's, it's hard for me to change the GD without having to know white culture by default. Yet, white culture can live, be born, live, exist, and do a full life and not know nothing of black culture. Yet, we somehow come to this idea that we're united states. America, I, I, I have to believe that the world is watching this right now. Before we can start cleaning up problems in other areas, in other countries, I'm, I'm saying we have not done our own work in our own backyards. 
and we wonder why there's protesting and lootings and, and all this going on, even till today. Because this narrative continues to happen. It's nothing new. Each day it seems it's a new name. Just another name. And, and what I'm what I'm concerned here is the way we value a life in this country has scared the way we value life. But I think we're asking the wrong questions in that sense. See, we get caught up into the details of these people, and, we're, and here's the question I think we need to start off with gives us the right to take life from each other. We don't even give ourselves the very breath we breathe. Yet we have put systems in place. We have systems in place, excuse me. That strategically almost in one sense go after taking the very breath black and brown people. So, as I was saying, I think we have to really educate ourselves around this. I think we have to continue to educate ourselves around this issue, but that in itself is not enough. We must get up, roll our sleeves up, and get to work. I'm baffled when I sit down with people of other ethnicities, of other, of other ethnicity, excuse me, and they know the foods of black culture, the music of black culture. But yet, when it comes to these issues of the life of black culture, we can't get more than a I stand in solidarity with you. I'm not, we're not looking for no longer for people to say the right thing around this issue. We're looking for people who can get in the trenches. That's what King of them did. When you think about the civil rights movement, they strategically put themselves in place to where they said, hey, there's gonna be hard consequences. We're gonna to have to make some hard sacrifices here. They had to make some hard compromises here, there to, 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 to bring about some of the change that they were fighting for. They knew that, hey, well, I'm gonna, hey, this might this might end up with me in the jailhouse tonight. This might end up with me flat out dead tonight. But they were willing to risk it all. Brother and sister, I'm asking, are we willing to really risk it all? For the sake of really seeing change and what is our what is our country's biggest one of our country's biggest issues. We don't value the life of one another in this country. I can care less than a person's background or background. I'm talking about the very life that only God in heaven can give to man. We don't even value that enough. What we do matters. What we do right here matters. And so I want you to ask yourself this question. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm not asking you to join a Zoom call on race tonight. I'm not even asking you to go forward. Gotta get past all that. That's not enough. 
that's not enough. To think that another life might be cut short by the hand of bad police, by the hand of structured racism in this country, and yet the best some of us can do is learn about the critical race theory. It's learn about white privilege. Many of us won't even have coffee, but somebody else looks different from us. Won't go past the train tracks. But yet, there's brown and black brothers and sisters that can't even go out and bird watch in a park without the cops being called. Can't be in their own apartment without the cops busting in. It's time. It's, it's time for this country to stop seeing our brown and our brown and black brothers and sisters as threats. To think that our mere color of our skin could be offensive to someone. Not because of anything we said or done, but just because of I exist. And so surely, surely our churches won't look any different. Oh, but we love God. Oh, we're reconciled to God. And, and when you think about this, the history of this is deep. Like, it, it pushes back so far. That full doctrines was framed around this and, and taught around this almost to slave obey your masters. Some of, some of our greatest church fathers, you know them, I don't have to say their names. Just do, just do your homework. I would say this in love as we wrap this up. This is our modern day civil rights movement. What we do right now matters. What we, what we find ourselves doing today around this issue, we would have done the same thing in the 50s and 60s of King's era in the civil rights movement. Just no if, ands, and but about it. Take a hard look in the mirror and say, what am I doing today? Am I so preoccupied in trying to get back to the sense of normalcy? Or am I worried about my brothers and sisters that look different from me and what they have to face that I know nothing of? I say this all the time. Lack of proximity breeds lack of empathy. When you don't know and engage people who look different from you, you can know nothing of their issues. And so you sitting and, and tweeting and Facebook posting and all this nonsense about stuff you know nothing of is not helping the problem. You are becoming the problem at that. And then for my brown and black brothers and sisters who have been kind of hoodwinked and, and manipulated into thinking for the other side to gain a mere platform, don't forget that these men and women throughout history 
had probably your grandfather and your grandmothers as slaves. Don't forget that. My thing is this, we all have a part in this. I, I say this, I've been saying this recently to some, some friends of mine, some, some groups that I'm part of. What, what, what gives me great hope here, especially when I think about this for the church and, and just the church stepping up more, is we can own this issue because racism is not the unforgivable sin. I say that again. I say that one more time. Racism is not the unforgivable sin. So there is there is hope here. But we must, like all sin, confess it and own it. Repent of it, turn it from it. Own it where we need to own it. All of us. All of us. Gosh, and I'm not just talking to my white evangelical brothers and sisters. I'm talking about to all of us. Every tribe, tongue, and nation, I'm talking to all of us. Own it where we need to own it. Strongly hope out of this thing. I don't care who you vote in, who you legislate, I don't care, none of that matters. Nothing will change until our hearts get right around this issue. And if we're fully, if we're rightly, right standing with God and fully reconciled with, with God, then it would only, by, by a byproduct, make us that we would be right with our fellow men. We are lying and deceiving ourselves to say, I'm right with God, yet I hate my brother. Yet I hate my neighbor. In closing, I want to read one more King's quote. He says, and if an individual has not started living until he can see until he can rise above the narrow confines of his individualistic concerns to the broader concerns of all of humanity. I think he, I think King nailed something there. It is when we realize that this life is not about me as an individual. That it's not about this solely American dream and get my best life now. That this thing is bigger than you and me. That we are all made in the image of God, made in the model day. That the same God that breathed left, uh, excuse me, that that breathed life into you, breathed life into me. And it is not up to you and me to take that life away. God help us. I say this in closing. This is our modern day civil rights movement. What you do right now is the same thing you would have done during the 50s and 60s. Do not let this brief moment in history pass you. Brothers and sisters, as we always say, as I always close, I love you more than you know. Continue the dialogue. Continue to have this dialogue around race relations. Own the story. Take your part in it. Know the story, own the story, and then change the story. We are in this together. Our only hope out of this is together. I love you, and until next time, take care.